Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 787. Mm. Uh, let's talk about the Nerdist Community Corkboard. All right. What do you got, Kyle? Uh, I got one from a fellow named Jason Keach. Uh, he made a tabletop RPG game that I'm, is built ar- that is built around creepypastas. I'm listening. So it's like Slenderman and Smile Dog, and it's crazy cheap, and it showed me a whole website that is just like places where you can either digitally or in book form order different tabletop RPGs What is to play. the domain? Uh, well, they have it as tinyurl.com slash creepynerdist. Is right. what he set up for his own promotion thing there. Yet again, uh, more of those sweet, sweet tentacles getting up in there. Yeah, but oh, uh, yeah, I looked at the game and uh, uh, I'm thinking about buying it. And then I remember that I don't have the time in my life to play RPGs, but I really, really want to just read through the manual. And that's a level of nerdiness that I just have to make peace with. Katie, what do you got? Uh, comedian Brandy Posey, yeah. who is so great. She's she, the fucking best. She opened she? for me on my album recording. She's so fun. She has a new album coming out called Opinion Cave. It is out February 17th. And it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, and the artwork is real cool. Look at that it's artwork. It's a ska band album ska. cover. And uh, you might know her from the Lady to Lady podcast or the Picture This show. And so definitely check it out because Brandy is so cool and she's so funny and it's going to be great. I call her my comedy big sister. She is an amazing comedian and a quality human being. Please support her in any way that you can. Brandy! Oh, that poor Brandy. She's probably been hearing that her entire life. <laughs> what if she hadn't? And she's like, I just made You're that connection. A fine girl. Such a fine girl. What a god. It's actually a terrible message oh, of a song. It's horribly just sad. Like a bunch of drunk sailors come through and they're like, hey, someone should marry you, but not me. I'm going Married back to out sea. to sea. I'm gay as the ocean is deep. <laughs> A lot of those tentacles are reaching up. I got a good thing going with the Kraken where there's no strings attached. Yeah, just those tentacles reach up and fuck my butt from time to time. (laughs) I love that for a minute you were like, do I say fuck my butt? And then you did, and that's why I like you, sir. You know why, Kyle? Why? You should. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You should let an octopus crawl on your butt. (laughs) You You should. should. (laughs) You should let let an octopus crawl crawl on your butt while a giant isopod tickles your balls with its weirdly long God. Well, I guess I'm just going to have to sit here for a while after we finish this. If you want nightmares for a long time, uh, Google giant isopod. No. Oh, yeah. Just. The ocean's full of monsters. I love it. Two and a half feet long. Uh, it's basically just a two and a half foot long roach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually. Aliens. Yeah, no, no. Oh, fucking yeah. aliens. Aliens of the deep. They're fucking aliens of the deep. Uh, speaking of aliens. Yeah. Craig Ferguson is on what? this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. One of my favorite people. I adore him. He's promoting Join or Die, premiering uh, Thursday, February 18th at 11 p.m. on the History Channel. I've done the show. It's a blast. Craig is awesome. and uh, He has maybe one of the best heads of hair in the business. He is a solid Scottish. Oh, my God. Salt it and is... peppery. 
fucking thick head just of hair. Just w- looking at him the whole time we're recording, he's going like, God, I hope I have that hair. That, that hair age. is saying, I'm not going anywhere. No, no it's, he, is, he is here to stay. That, that is, um, he should be studied. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So that we, should, we should just be, we should take Craig's blood and inject it into our skulls that we should be so lucky. Oh, man. That, that we should all have that thickness. Tentacle fucked by octopuses high on Ferguson blood. You should. Uh, this episode. <laughs> Here is the Nerdist Podcast number 787 with Mr. Craig Ferguson. Is that supposed to be a Scottish accent or like? No, no it was just a Just regal a little one. fun. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't. Like a little tongue roll there just to show you mean business. Regal. This isn't Scottish. <laughs> I just. Although I guess if you're a Scot, that's kind of an offensive. Uh, yeah, that's, that's oh man, the, that's sort of the Braveheart's point. just about to bust through the door like the Kool Aid. Kind of that's kind of that that's the accent that uh, precedes the law of prima nocta. Yeah. So um, nice history poll, bro. Thanks, bro. Thanks. <laughs> 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 Make it stop, man. Don't feel good, Katie. Just uh, roll yeah. the thing. <laughs> Now entering Nerdist.com. Here they are. Here they all are. Your friends. Uh, Craig Ferguson back on the podcast. Hooray! So good to. Thanks have... everyone else for doing it too. You were the. Uh, you were like one of the first. I feel like almost ten or eleven shows. I mean, like you were in the it initial. Early. It was early. Because when we did the live show at Largo with Adam Savage, you were in the audience, and I was a big fan of yours. And you came backstage, and you were like, "I want to do this," and I'm like, "Uh." There's a rigorous audition process. Can you send me tapes? Yeah. And, and, then, and I sent tapes. And you, you gave me notes, and, and that's what it was. You, you took them very well. I thought, yeah. no, but it was great. And then you did the next live show we did, and then you, we've, we've been pals. That's a, that's a whole industry over there now. Though. At Largo? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're doing podcasts over Largo now? Well, How Did This Get Made does theirs there all, all the time. So I know Spontaneous Nation, yeah. I think, does. And does Judd Apatone, yeah. Friends, is over there. And uh, yeah. I think, yeah. I think the, next the, the, the next the next Coachella is over there. Oh, the, yeah. the whole next Coachella is going to be a yeah, yeah. It's gonna be very and intimate. Their Woodstock 3 is going to be there. <laughs> oh, finally, we can justify their beer prices. <laughs> yeah. hey. hey. Come on. Hey. Eight bucks for a Guinness? Come on. Oh, well, That's not that You know, crazy. you try buying a Planet Guinness in Ireland for $8. You're You're in LA. Like yeah. that's not that crazy. Yeah, they a, don't make it here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it has to travel. You know, there is also the idea that maybe you don't need to drink to have a good time, Matt. Oh, oh. oh. guys, I understand. Oh. What Matt's you're not saying. a drinker this at all. This is not actually. really a podcast, Matt. <laughs> we the, are very worried for the, about for the two <laughs> times I've ever seen Matt drunk in our entire well, uh, friendship. Thanks so much, guys. This doesn't well, really but seem two times is, is two know, times too many. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're two right. times. You're right. 
You know, the important thing is is that when you're in recovery, everyone else also has the same problem, right? <laughs> it's it's kind of like, it's that. You, you want everyone to be as sick as you. I, I certainly do. I notice it. But I've, I, think, I think now I've noticed that uh, people have different sicknesses to me. Yeah. I used to think that everyone was as sick as me in the same way, and they're not. Some people are just... And also, you have to remember as well, some people are just assholes. <laughs> they, I, I used to always look for, like, oh, he's with that, but he's like that because of that. And I'm like, I don't care. You know, I, so this... Okay, this is a very serious question. Have you had friends that you kind of notice, like, it seems like they drink pretty regularly. I kind of feel like... I kind of feel like I should say something, but it's not really my place to say something. I don't want to project my thing onto them, but I am worried about them. How do you approach that situation? Uh, I, you know, leave pamphlets lying around. And, uh, yeah. Also, I've been I've been sober so long that I I don't think I have any friends who drink too much. Um, what are you? Twenty five years? Twenty four years? Twenty four years? Week. Yeah. Wow. So congratulations. Um, thank you. Well, if I make it, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's been touch and go on occasion, and I no, I I don't know. I guess if somebody wants to get help then i'm happy to you know help with that but no it's not really our place to I tell you what makes me feel a little awkward is sometimes when people on twitter and stuff say hey i want to i want to stop drinking can i call you and i think it is social media the place for that? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I just I sort of feel like because I get a lot of those emails from people and I try to answer all of them. Right. I try to answer all as give it you know like give like as thorough advice as I can because I feel like these people don't have something they don't have a support structure in their life or they wouldn't email a dude that they see on TV. Mm. So I feel like I'm going to give them as much. You know, here's what I did. Get a support structure. Get a therapist. Try AA. Don't, you know, don't hang out with people that drink a lot. You yeah. know, you need help. You can't do it alone. Take it a day at a time and, you know, be nice to yourself. Like, you know, that's kind of the basic advice that I, that I yeah, try to Yeah, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that I, I think I've said all of that, though, many times over. You know, I think sometimes people want a specific celebrity endorsed recovery. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that works. I think that you have to that recovery is outside this wonderful business we call show. Absolutely, but I um, think anyone that gets someone pointed in the right direction, you're right. Is you're good. right. Look, it's, it doesn't hurt to to help somebody. But well, it's you're very, right. if you're going to pick a celebrity, Robert Downey Jr. seems like the choice. Guys. Sorry, <laughs> I mean, he's the guy. <laughs> Sorry, you know, he really well, turned into... uh, yeah, it, no, <laughs> no, I guess. <laughs> 1999, Robert Downey Jr. Story, different story. Who's this sleeping in my? He might. Already be in your house. You could ask in 1999, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Uh, I'm. I did your show, Join or Die, which I think premieres on the 18th. Correct? Yeah, yeah, February 18th yeah, on the yeah. History Channel, uh, which was super fun. Thank you. You were great at it, and I knew you would be because you can talk a lot and you're smart, and that's all you need to. It's do. a panel show. It's yeah. a traditional panel that's exactly show. Exactly what it is. It's nothing more than that. It just happens to be about a particular subject. That's it. And it was it was a blast, and and I actually felt. You know, I remember when we first had you on the podcast, and you told this story about how. You ran into Chris Rock after you took over oh, yeah, the Late yeah. Late Show, and uh, he was like, "But you have to do the show. You you do the show every every night." And you go, "Yeah, I know." And he goes, "No, no, every damn night, every night." Yeah, he didn't say damn, but you're getting the emphasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it and that 
didn't hadn't really sunk into you yet of no. what that responsibility well was it came be. back to me though it, later on when i'd been doing the show for years you know in movies uh, it was like the voice going every <laughs> night every night and it was chris rock's voice and and he was in the montage going every night craig every night uh, and then, you know, other people going, you're a failure, Craig. You're rubbish. You're a fat wee boy. You peed your pants. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> say dollars, never. This is like being heckled by Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. like oh, that's little... what it's like in my head. You don't have that in your head. I carry around, uh, the, yeah, a bunch of demons in my head that are heckling me all the time. I think I do feel that to, to some degree. But I also think, you know, it. if you hadn't, if it hadn't started to... M- probably fuck with you a little bit you probably wouldn't have done things like rip up the cards or just start talking to the camera yes like, that's true i i can't do monologues this way i just need to talk like a fucking person and yeah. i think that's and it and but doing that is what is what endeared you to are people. you saying that adversity is the mother of invention because i think you may be right <laughs> my, i me. i think it's true i think that the format first of all you have to learn how to do the format you have to i thought i would be a wise ass and go in and do it i did this with the game show as well i went into the game show when i started doing this game show i thought i'm not gonna do a traditional game show and i watched the first uh episodes back and i was just like wearing jeans and a t-shirt and stuff and i was like well, who, who, who's in charge? You couldn't tell. There was a bunch of people moving around. They all look the same. And I went, no, no, man. I need a very bright suit. I need a very <laughs> bright suit so that you know who's in charge. And then you kind of realize that you can't throw out things until you know why they're there. Sure. So, like, the convention of a game show or the convention of late night, I kept as much as I thought was of any use. And the much that they made me keep. You know, there was a lot of, I don't want to do a monologue. No, you've got to do a monologue. Why? I said, well, you've got to, you have to have that piece of you at that time every night. And I was like, why? And then they would give you reasons like, because we'll fire you if you don't. That, <laughs> that's what it gets so, down right. to, you know. Uh, that, but you're right. You have to understand structure before you can deconstruct. Right, exactly. And you also had, boy, I, I, I sent one pleading email to Peter LaSalle said, please come on the podcast. You must have the most amazing stories. Oh, and he was yeah, like, no, I will never do. I can't. Yeah. It's just not. It's not. I know I he's forgotten them all. So it doesn't. He, he, he should have done it. He should have done it. <laughs> I mean, it, it you. How long did you do the show? Was it uh, ten, years. 10 years? Almost to the day. 10 years. I get very angry when I see people say nine years. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's 10. Did the I, time. I did my time. I did it all. No parole. Did it, did it feel like 10 years? Towards the end, it did, yeah. Um, I, I kind of, I didn't, I loved it. I think the heyday for me of the show was the, was kind of the the first year of the big studio, the last year or two of the old studio, when we were in this tiny little, we used to call it the basement, but it was a tiny little old photography studio. And, and we were, you know, doing the things with the glove puppets and just <laughs> fucking, you know, doing... Uh, like so, lip syncing songs badly to one camera. Where everybody, find, like we, what we found in the CBS dress-up box. I mean, it, it was that was great. And then the first year of the of the new studio was fantastic because the robot, you know, became a thing. You know, it became Josh Robert Thompson's work and the Jeff Peterson robot thing was fantastic, and that was that was really enjoyable. But <clears throat> then it just kept coming every night, every <laughs> night, every night, 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 night. Um, and at a certain point, I felt, in all honesty, not only had I run my course in late night television, but 
the kind of late night television that I do doesn't really happen anymore. It's not there's not an awful lot of that. It's a different kind of thing now. It's much more, I think, positive and broadcasty and 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 bright, a little more daytime feel to it. And I think that's okay, but it's just not the same. I. I think I would get very unhappy trying to make shows like that. Well, your show really, I mean, it, there, it, you, you really, it, it was, it was very Whovian in nature in terms, and like the very, I, I could feel the Doctor Who of your show of like you've created this cast of characters and places that you go, right? And you have Secretariat, and you have Jeff Peterson, and you have all these little spots that you go, and it, so it really, it really became about the universe and almost. It kind of almost didn't even matter who was on the show because they were because the universe was solid, right? That, well, that's the idea: that you make your own, you make it your own, you make your own world. What What was interesting is when I started doing Join or Die, you know, the, I, I do a monologue at the start, and people are like, "Oh, it's like the late night monologue." I said, "Well, it's it's me talking to a camera. <laughs> How different can that be?" You know, I'm introducing the show, I put it there, and he said, "Yeah, but it looks like the." The late night show, well, yeah, because it's me wearing a suit in a studio talking to a camera. I don't know how to make that different. Um, <laughs> I I'll, I could try it naked, but that's not going to help anybody. No, upside, upside down. down. Upside, upside down. down. Upside down. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Did you try it upside down? I've not tried it upside down well, yet. Well, you know, I, I don't know. All the I've done work in Australia. You must have done work in Australia. <laughs> all their monologues are upside down. You're right. And things go around the different way. They, uh, in particular, sexually, you have to go around a different way. <laughs> It's way. very tricky. Well, that's because if you're used to ladies from the northern hemisphere, right? You know, the the whole stimulation business has to be done. There's a lot of There's a lot of there's a whole center down mm-hmm. there for yanks mm-hmm. with sprained tongues. Yeah, yeah. It's, who it's are bad. just used to going it's like one oh, way. I, I don't know how you do. Oh, that's I, how they got the act. Oh yeah. You are oh, really yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I used to talk different, but now it's all like this because I just swirl my tongue. Yeah, because of all the cunnilingus. Throat cancer is rampant in men. Yo, Do you know when you, you, you think about Michael Douglas said that? You know, he, he said like, you know, I think I got throat cancer from. I always think, you know, there's a lesson in think before you speak to a reporter <laughs> and maybe run it by your wife. You know, it's like, uh, honey, would it be all right if I said, no, baby, don't say that. Don't say you get throat cancer from Colonel, even if it's true. Don't perhaps, <laughs> perhaps don't bring it up. Because every, because right now everybody's like, oh my goodness, he has throat cancer, that's awful. And now the story is about, but how did he get it? And, and, you know. This is all, it's all, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just a lot of dudes and who are, be lazy in relationships like right. sorry babe you know Michael yeah. Douglas you know yeah. if I go down there you know you want to ke- pay for this chemo yeah baby I, you know I want to be a singer <laughs> <laughs> don't take that dream away from me <laughs> but you can go down on me I, mean, yeah, I haven't heard yeah, anything yeah, bad yeah. about that no cancer you know, there yeah Michael Douglas didn't get from sucking on D's right honey uh, yeah. come on <laughs> come on right Who's this guy you're doing? I don't know. I, don't I like, like him, him though. I, I don't like, like him. I, no, I don't like him actually. But I know that he's only fictional. He's fictional, but he isn't. He isn't my. He is clearly in my head somewhere. Mm-hmm. He's, he's in there somewhere. A very bad person. You know who I think that guy is? I think he might be the. He's the guy I never. He's the guy I'm always afraid of being. I think he's the guy I'm always afraid of being, or secretly want to be. 
I don't. <laughs> this conversation just got interesting. Back in your cage. <laughs> no, I I tell you, I, I I do sometimes watch tasteless douchebags and and think, God, I wish I could get away with that in my head, you know, because I'd I'd really love to try that, but I just couldn't. too much self awareness. Yeah, I think so a little bit. I just the, the self hatred is already you know pretty high anyway. I'm swimming in it, so still. You know, um, no, not always. Just in it's, front of mirrors. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would explain all the cracked mirrors in your yeah, house. Yeah, you mirrors, and, mirrors, and 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 pant sizes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you look great, by the way. Thanks. It's my beard. No, I don't. I mean, uh, yeah, it's his beard. Yeah, it's a beard. Yeah. Beards are great. You think Be- so? Yeah, I think beards help. Yeah, I think beards help a lot. I've noticed that I not since growing the beard, I want to have sex all the time with me. <laughs> but then there's the mirror problem. And yeah, then that's can't. why they're all cracked. I'm gonna hate fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Did, who's that guy? I don't Is know. that the same guy? Oh my gosh. There's a Whoa. whole. There's yes. a whole closet. Who hurt you? Who hurt you? What's I can't going remember. on? Society did this. Society. No. He- heavily bullied as a kid. Heavily bullied. Yeah, well, we. I think. I think we all were. I think you're a tall. Said, you're a tall drink of water, though. Couldn't you just like not? Yeah, some tall Scottish drinks of water are, are bullied by nasty little fat dudes with pinky <laughs> rings. You know that, yeah, right? Right. You're a tall dude. Correct. You're a tall dude. The bullies are not the big tall guys. The bullies Jonah are... got bullied too. Jonah's fat. like six five. Oh, yeah. Jonah was also yeah fat fat, fat dudes with low centers of gravity, pinky rings. By the way, that's a thing. Thing. If uh, if a guy, this is a tip for heterosexual women. Okay. If you're on the dating scene and a guy has a pinky ring and wants you to go down on him all the time, yeah, he hates you. <laughs> is that really? Yeah, yeah, that's and not just you, all women. He, that's he, a scientific he, fact. Yeah, it's uh, it's proven by well, look, science. no rings. I don't like them. All right, there you go. I got I got rings, but none on my pinky. I'm gonna have to. You know, I'm getting married in August, and so I. Said, I was gonna talk to you about that. Yes, I, I'm very excited for you. Well, I'm I'm very excited. To I know also you. I know you you're something. Is, you're not a commitment phobe. No, but you're you're you're. Um, but I think you're a cautious in relationships person. I think you're you're very careful. And my I'm dad very, was married five times. Right. So that's understandable. My mom was married twice. Yeah. And so I think I just. My dad was married a lot before I was born. He got married. You know, he said, "Well, in the '60s, you know, you just you didn't really date. It was like you met someone. You go, hey, let's you want to get married, and so it just never worked out." Right. And uh, and so I think I just was like, uh, I think I should be sure about, you know. Right. Sure and you very this. wisely chose someone much wealthier than you. <laughs> so, so you don't have that worry going Craig, in I'm going to make her sign a prenup for my adorable TV money. Well, I think that's good, though, because it removes any kind of weird fear of your celebrity has somehow led you to Oh, yeah, point. she doesn't care about any of that. Well, that's it, good, Whatever though. sort of B-level... And I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about you worrying about it. I'm sure... I don't know her, but I'm sure she's fine. But you won't worry about it because you know it's it's meaningless. It here. doesn't mean... Yeah, that doesn't... There's That's not an issue, and it doesn't matter, and, and honestly... I'm very excited for you. Are you going to have children? Yeah. I think that's great. She wants to have kids, and I, and, and, and I didn't... I, this is going to sound terrible when I verbalize it, but I didn't recoil at the idea. In, in other words, she was like, 
I want to have kids. And I was like, yeah, we should do that. Like, and previously I'd always been like, eh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure I can really be well, good that's, at that. Well, that's a perfectly natural reaction to not being sure. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, if you say, no, that's a good idea. Let's have children. And it will be great, right? Until you have them. And then... <laughs> <laughs> And then it'll be, and then it'll be the same as it is for everybody else. Is you won't sleep for two years. You'll think you want a divorce. You don't need a divorce. You need a nap. <laughs> and, and then, and then you get past that, and you'll be fine. Well, you know, Lydia. One of the funniest things about she's like she's the sweetest person in the world, and you would never, ever, ever know about her family if you didn't know you wouldn't know she's not she doesn't give off i don't think she gives off that air at all right every once in a while she'll say something so earnestly that cracks me up because it's so indicative of that she just grew up in a different universe right, right. but this morning um she was going to do a photo shoot for martha stewart magazine for wedding dress yeah, like they're gonna take wedding for weddings yeah. and uh she was like, oh, you know, I got this out in, this, got in the desert. I got to drive out to the desert. She was like, ah, oh, it's such a long drive. And I go, don't go. Fuck Martha Stewart. What's she ever done for you? Totally sincerely. She used to make cookies for me when I was a little girl. I'm like, all right, you know what? You know what? Just don't do that. Don't do that. Your fiance was in prison? Yeah. She as a little girl? As a child, yeah. Oh, my That's why God. she's so remarkable. That's why she's so remarkable. It'd be funny if we have kids around the same time. Yeah. Well, Are you, you going to have them? We're, yeah, we're trying, yeah. Nice. So uh, that, be... that, that's uh, so. How long have you been married? Are you married? Well, yeah, you... we're married. We've been married for four months. See, what's interesting is that everyone here is very traditional. Get married, have children uh, in a heterosexual relationship. You know, it's very, it's very old fashioned idea. It well, is. Old, think, it's, it's, yeah. We're both Catholic. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, we that were raised. Well, well, Catholicism is a very, very old idea. That, that, that I'd say is about two thousand years old. A little than bit. The church yeah. itself. Yeah. Wait, uh, hang on. What? Well, what I'm saying is that you're. Adorable tradition of communion is basically just an ancient Egyptian libation ritual. Are you aware of that? I don't. And then I also, I also can't help but wonder sometimes if <laughs> some of the traditions of the. Uh, <laughs> I also can't help but wonder if sometimes the tradition of Christmas and the birth of the Savior is like the harvest festival, the rebirth of the year, and maybe could have p- perhaps been borrowed from Mithraism. Well, I'm but just I saying, mean, who's hey, to say? Hey, who's to say? It's all water under the bridge it now, is, isn't it? The water's still quite under yeah. the bridge. And if a priest takes a liking to you and you have no dad in the picture, you should be uh, thankful. Right? You, well, you, went, you went too far, man. <laughs> you went too far. Everything was rolling along nicely and then you had to do that, Ray Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> don't acknowledge his real name anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't... Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I just feel good about it, and it and it's nice. To... It's great, Chris. It's really you deserve it. You know what? You you really are. You're a good person, and you always have been straight up in show business. And that's fucking rare. So I'm very happy for you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You know, I... I've noticed that in my own life, you know, in the time that I've known you, I have had uh, ups and downs professionally, as have you, and your uh, attitude towards. Uh, me and people around you doesn't seem to alter with your career. That's a remarkable gift. Good for you. No, I I appreciate that. I, I just it's bullshit, know. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's no, it's true. You're like you're human. It's I don't it's know. Refreshing. I just I just I, I I've had such severe ups and downs in my career, and I and I think I probably was douchier when I was younger, and I think everyone was douchier when they were just, younger. Uh, Come on, you know, having to having to realize that. 
what what a scared, insecure person I was, and tr- and trying to fix that with self medicating with alcohol without realizing it, and you know I'm even still learning things about the alcohol gene. I'm so curious to know if you experienced this too. Even as like recent discoveries right. of you know uh, of kind of seeking out dramatic situations and kind of realizing like you know I think. That might be a byproduct of the same gene. Alcohol creates a high and a low and, right. you know, seeking out dramatic – and the reason I think about it is because there's no drama in my relationship with Lydia. Uh-huh. And it kind of started – it almost drove me nuts a little bit because I'm like, right. oh, it's so calm. Right, right, right. And having to really take stock of that and go, oh, I think that's the thing that's trying to get a, some type of a rise or a rush out of something. There's no alcohol. There's no substance. There's no coffee. There's no anything. Yes, I so think, I think the, it's just trying to get that thing. Yeah, you're addicted to the tension of your to own misery. Yeah, to I mean, something. right. And I think that I, I totally understand. I feel the same way. I, I think that I, I invest some magical power in fear and misery that it will somehow keep misfortune at bay. Because if you're willingly... It's, yeah. it's like, an, like a kind of an OCD thing. If you, you're connecting... Oh, this is the penance that I will pay for. To right, make I'll pay sure. ahead of time. Right, it's almost the, like the, the prepay plan. <laughs> right, it's it's like you know when you hear that thing, it's like, oh, you know, most of the things I worried about never happened. Well, I think, well, okay, clearly worrying about things causes them not to happen. Of course. So therefore, I will worry about all the awful things that can happen in order to stop them happening. That's right. I understand that that's insane, but. I have never claimed to be otherwise. <laughs> it's not. It's human. I think I it's think so. human because you know, you know, it's like we're not. We didn't. It's, we didn't ask to be born. We just appear. Mm. We just appear, mm. and all of a sudden we have to work out the world based on the sum total of knowledge that's come in all of the creatures who are like us before. Mm. And you know, even. You know, not to disparage religion or anything like that, but I think human beings need to feel connected to something to try to make sense of the world. And so for some people, that's religion. For some people, it's substance. And for some of us, it's food. This, the food, yes. or this, or this false association with, um, oh well, this is how I control. This is how I can control an uncontrollable world. If right. I. But they all seem to be control issues, ultimately. Yeah, I think they are. I think otherwise you realize we're spinning out of control in a massive vortex of nothingness heading towards oblivion. Right. Um, on the other hand, <laughs> it might not all be bad. It might not all be bad. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's so hard not to feel like it's all bad when all of the news is sensational. I mean, there are bad things in the world, but then on top of that, the news sensationalizes everything. And they're going to tell you the worst stuff because you're going to listen to the worst stuff because it pokes at all of our your biggest well, everything, fears. Everything, everything. Uh, I think everything is clickbait. I mean, of course uh, it is. And you, you, I realize this, and you must get this too. Everyone who I think who works in show business, you realize that every interaction you have, which is recorded, every, even this one, I'm sure someone somewhere will say, "Let's take that bit out and put it on the website," and that will go, "Oh, oh!" Like I was, I was selling a house. I have a house in Malibu. And I was selling it. And a website put this thing out. It was like, Craig Ferguson flips out in Malibu. Now, it was because I was flipping a house in Malibu. <laughs> but it was like, Craig Ferguson flips out in Malibu. So you'll click it Damn to it. see me going, oh, what's your name, sugar tits? Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, I, I, it's it's just me selling a house, which is no longer for sale. I decided I wasn't selling it, so so you no, did not. not even so true. so in two ways, you did not flip out. No, I didn't flip out. I was going to sell it now, so no. Yeah, because the the unfortunately irresponsible part about all that is that. Um, most people will never do the research to find out what the truth actually is. I don't or think people are interested in the, I don't think people are really interested in the truth. I think that the, for, for the most part, people are interested in a in the the small adrenaline hit of their um, their uh, sense of righteousness, yes. or that comes from looking at gossip. Or that or is a negative. public addiction that I am. I believe is an epidemic. I, I do believe people are addicted to outrage, and I do believe people are addicted to that. That's like a little. It's like a little. It's like a little. You know, um, slot machine in Vegas. It's like a little. It's not. What's next? Your penny what's slot. Next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just what's next? What's next? Oh, uh, Kanye. Yeah, you know. Uh, and I think, I think actually, I don't know Kanye West, but sometimes when I see what he tweets up, I'm like, yeah, oh God, for heaven's sake, is that just to get attention? <laughs> right. You know, um, like Bill Cosby is innocent, really? Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I don't. And I was interesting <laughs> because I watched. <laughs> what was? Did I, you see that? Of course, I saw. It. We talked about it on at midnight last night. Oh my God. And we were trying to, you know, I was trying to. I was trying to dissect all... It, what's so funny with him is that you try to dissect all the ways, like, well, okay... What's he up to? What's he up to? Yeah. Is he saying... Because obviously, you know, something just happened in the Cosby case, and Janice Dickinson was trying to sue Marty Singer and right. the attorney, and but then I guess that didn't go through, and so they're re-strategizing. So did Kanye read that as that Bill Cosby was innocent, and was that an? Was he outraged? Like Bill Cosby's innocent? Are you kidding what, me? What that? Yeah. But then there were no, how he talks. But, hey, hey! But then there were no question marks. So mm. I don't think that was it. Or was he just with his friends and he's like, I can get away with anything. Watch this. Yeah. You know. Or was it what? Because he didn't. And I. Saw, However, in the eyes of the law, Bill Cosby is innocent. So far, legally, yes, but. Yes, that is a difficult. You, that is a black. That is a that is a very indisputable fact. He has not been found guilty. Of right. Yet. So now we must presume that he is innocent. The idea is, or certainly that the court must presume he is innocent until proven guilty. He's not even been charged with anything. Now, I personally think that he's a he's guilty and he's a serial rapist. Yes, but uh, legal, legally, um, yeah. I mean, it is. Because even you know, well, OJ's in jail for uh, kidnapping. That's not true. for murder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just you know, because sometimes when we'll we'll make jokes, Cosby jokes pop on out midnight, and people are saying like, "You're making light of the situation," and we're like, and I and I would say, no. As a comic, you know, we I think the guy is a piece of shit. I can't punch him in the face. All we can do as a com- as comedians is ridicule him. So because I think. I don't want people to forget. Like people, this is what we can. One of the things that we can do as comedians. I also, it's interesting you bring up that. Oh, you're making light of the situation. Well, first of all, that's my job <laughs> is to make light of any situation. That's that's what I do. If you want someone to make dark of the situation, you go to a tragedian. Right, right. You want someone who makes Stand something up tragic. Right. It's like, hey, hey, everybody, it's a terrible day. Uh, <laughs> that's the news. Basically. Yeah, 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 right. The news is stand-up tragedy. Well, but I think that the idea. Also, I think, I think that. There's a a real good lie that goes around that many pseudo-intellectuals believe that misery has somehow got more intellectual value than than joy. Thank you for saying that. And and that's a real problem 
because there's a lot of stupid people think because they're because they're miserable, they're smarter than they and are. And negative. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I, I'm so happy to hear you say that because I feel like I've been I've been maybe silently shouting that to myself, but you know, but when people because look, I, I I'm you know I, I'm I try to be as upbeat as possible. Sure. I'm not like this 100 percent of the time. I have my dark moments. You I surprise have doubts. me. I have <laughs> you know like I I'm insecure. I think things I I think a lot of things I do suck, and I try to do them anyway. I beat myself up. I get too you know like sometimes when I go home, I just get in my own head, and it's you know mm. I, I try to remember that so I can be fair to my to my partner and future spouse. But in general. I try to choose positivity because I believe it's a choice. And sometimes I feel like people who are negative are like, but this guy's the real deal. The next, like, he's just, it's a choice. Negativity and positivity are a choice. Also, in the portrayal of uh, tragedy and comedy, I, and I have tried to do both in my life, and I have watched many other people do it, it seems to me far easier to portray misery, either as an actor or as a writer than it is to portray joy. Joy is very difficult because there's much more resistance to it. Of course. And, and, and so there was a thing that uh, Bill Carter, the New York Times, said to me when I took over the late night show. I had said to him, what, what do you think I should do first? He said, well, the first thing you're going to have to do is write out the fact that they are going to have to forgive you for trying to make them laugh. <laughs> you're going to have to get past that. And it was interesting because that was my experience when I took it over, that it was, you know, the first couple of months were like, as it's for everybody. I remember when Jimmy Fallon took over, people were all over him. This is terrible, blah, blah, blah. If you look at Carson's reviews when he took over the late night, sh- uh, the, the Tonight Show, they were killing him. They always go after, you know, people this. People are giving Trevor Noah shit now. Right. It's I mean, like. He just started. It's ridiculous. Well, it is weird hearing <laughs> that accent talk about American politics. It's not and weird to, at all. It's just it's it's just it's, it's just odd. That I it's think odd. I think that it is the accent doesn't bother me because for obvious reasons. I feel that there are many accents. But John's that, that, John's worked. Oliver's worked. Yeah, I, I think I think that's because it's easy to the English accent makes things sound clever. That's another common mistake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like. Yes, today, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when you get Alec Guinness to play him because, you know, Sal, you want to be a Jedi? That sounds good. That right. sounds like, I, you know, if it was like, hey, you want to be a Jedi? <laughs> yeah! It doesn't feel the same way. Uh, there, there's Do you think a- we should pour blue milk into our butts? Yes, <laughs> because you have a great accent. Right, that's right. That's it's like, wise. let's drive the General Lee over this bridge. <laughs> Fly into the air. How will the Dukes uh, get out of this one? The literal Dukes. <laughs> the actual Dukes. <laughs> the actual Dukes get out of this one. <laughs> but I think that, that what happens is that certain, for me... The comment on, uh, on American politics in the American media, uh, it, it would help your case if you were an American citizen. I think that that's uh, – it's not necessary. Of course, free speech is for everyone who's mm-hmm. here. But I, I think that it would – it used to get my goat uh, – when who was that guy who took over from Larry King, the English guy? Oh, oh Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. Piers, Piers, uh, Morgan. Uh, I was going to say Pierce Brosnan, but that wasn't. No, that <laughs> oh, that'd have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been awesome, actually. Yeah. Uh, or just keeping Larry King would have been even better. Be even uh, better. Um, but he, you know, he was going on about you know how 
It felt very school marmy to me, like, oh, come on, we don't want to have this, and this guy's flying home to London every weekend. I don't know. I, I'm Not that I'm saying Trevor is doing that, he's not. But I think that you, you have to be involved a little bit. Mm. Uh, and also, I wonder, I wonder about the validity, and this is in an election year, when, when the two frontrunners at this point are both uh, extremes uh, yeah. of, of uh, a thought. Um, or, or at far ends, is that how how much of it, um, you know, how much of, of, of what you say in the media is it, it, it seems to be a lot of, with the exception, of course, of Fox and the, and the, the right-wing radios. I mean, I, I tend to skew liberal in my thought, but it is relentless in all of our media. We don't... There seems to be in political discussion, there is no discussion. There's no discussion. If you, if you don't right. agree with me, you're wrong and a bad you're American. You're worse than Hitler right. and you should die in a right. fire. You're, you're un-American, you don't agree with me, and therefore you want to destroy America. Now, you're as a history buff, mm. do you see... That doesn't mean I know everything about history, right? Because that, I don't want to be that. <laughs> but you do know. I mean, you, you, you... I know. I know bits. I know the bits I know, and I don't know the bits I don't know. Do you think we're just repeating the same things over and over again in more complex ways? Or? I think history is psychotherapy for the entire species of humanity. So what you do is in, in any form of decent, as I understand psychotherapy, is you look at your past and see if you can establish patterns or areas where you make mistakes or areas that make you unhappy or where you feel you've gone wrong. So if you look at that as a species, you'll get history. It's the same thing. Where did we as a species make mistakes? Did we go wrong? Where did things occur that we could have avoided had we seen a, a pattern emerging? So uh, let's, for example, look at uh, a country uh, called Germany. Uh, 1930. They've been through a terrible war, a humiliating uh, process of, of peace. They're economically disadvantaged, a lot of upset, um, and there is a lot of diverse political thought. Communists on one side, uh, social democrats kind of stride in the middle, and then the fascists on the far side of the right, and they're beginning to rise up. Now, what happens is you have a joke candidate amongst all of that, the guy with the stupid hair and the, the odd moustache, who's like, everybody thinks, oh, this guy's an idiot. But there's some people who really are into what he's talking about. You mean Charlie Chaplin. Well, exactly so. And what happens is the the left and the centre-left get into what seems to always happen to the left and the centre-left in current democracies, and current by means since the Enlightenment, is that they start infighting and create opportunities for extreme thought on the right to take advantage of that. Hitler, remember, did not seize power. He was voted into power and then took control after it. So what I'm saying is that if I were a member of the Democratic Party, which I am not, I'm a registered independent and I vote in Vermont, but if I were a member of the Democratic Party right now, I'd be starting to say, well, whoever we're going to put up, we better make sure we get behind this or we're in trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. All of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such a crazy, weird time. Mm-hmm. There was a guy on Twitter said something to me last night uh, he was he was upset about something that happened on the show, and yeah. I I talked to him about it because I I do like to have conversations with people. Right. So I said, hey, let's talk about it, and we talked about it, and it was great, and we understood each other, and it was really nice. And right. he goes, he goes, yeah, you know, I'm so sorry. It's just such a weird time. 2016 is the year of no chill, and I go, dude, you need to put that on a shirt. Yeah, yeah. This it, is the year of no chill. Look, any any year that starts off with you know David Bowie and Alan Rickman dying, I'm like, what the. 
it's not even the end of January. Yeah. You know, I mean, what the... Uh, Bowie in particular, I was like... That was like personal. I, I, I really... Um, for well, me, that was, that was a... Ugh. Yeah, because, you know, Bowie... And, you know, maybe unfairly, we put this on people who are merely human beings... Bowie was another Robin Williams type where you're like, yeah, oh, right. that guy's immortal. He's always going to be there. He's bigger than life. He's mm. not, you know, so not only do we feel bad because we feel like, oh, even a good guy like that can get taken out. But it also is so much a mirror to our own mortality where you're like, oh, I don't, I guess I don't really this feel is not safe permanent. at all. Yeah. This is, yeah. Do you know one of the most uh, moving and wonderful things I've seen in the media this year was... Uh, uh, Jim Carrey's uh, remarks at the Golden Globes. Uh, Did you see that? No. What did he say? He, he was introducing something and he said, Hi, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, Hi, I'm Jim Carrey, two-time Golden Globe winner. When I look in the mirror, I see Jim Carrey, two-time Golden Globe winner. I, when I go to bed, I, I, uh, I dream of being Jim Carrey, three-time Golden Globe winner. Because <laughs> then that would fix me. <laughs> then, then the dark hole, the searching, searching would be over, and I would have three golden gloves. Then he said something along the lines: "I'm joking. In a universe that's just so big that we wouldn't even be, you know, detectable under a microscope if it was the size of, you know, a planet." But this is important to us, to us. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I, I, there was something about the way he delivered it. This is a man who went through a great deal of personal tragedy in the last, you know, six months. Yeah. <clears throat> the, he's, he's very bright. And I, I worked with him briefly before and I always liked him. But I just thought when he did that, I thought, you're on to something, my friend. Whatever you're doing for yourself, I like it. Good for you. Well, you know, I think, uh, first of all, it's very honest. Mm-hmm. And it's not... It's not him just doing a gag for a laugh. Like he's, it's no. funny because it's a very authentic. You know, yeah. it it kind of takes the power out of what he's. He's basically saying, yeah, it's important. It's not the most important thing in the world. I'm broken. Ultimately, it matters, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I I think the day I you know the day that I kind of realized what insignificant specs we are was very freeing because then I felt like. You know, when people think the universe is out to get them, it's like, yeah, you're not that important. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, it's really good, it's, and it's good to not be that important. Not all about you, Chris. It's not all about yeah. you. The I like you know in the there. in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when um, Zephod Beeblebrox goes into the total perspective vortex, which destroys the minds of everybody who goes in it, and he goes into it and comes out and goes. That was cool. <laughs> That's who I aspire to be. Zepho Breeblebrook's like, yeah, I'm pretty important. Always bring a towel. Yeah, I'm, the yep. important thing is always bring a towel. Bring a towel. Are you, uh, uh, are you, are you caught up on Doctor Who at all? This is, are you watching Capel? No, I, um, I'm not. I, I kind of, uh, I kind of haven't been. I, I've been, I've been off another. Kind of, I do that with Doctor Who. I, I, I caught Peter's first show because you know we're old friends. I wanted to see. You it, were in a band. We were in a band together. That's You're right. in a fucking band. That's right. Uh, it was. Those were interesting times. You know. Have you ever read? Um, who was the name of that uh, lady who wrote The Time Traveler's Wife? Audrey, uh... She's Audrey Niffenegger? Right, okay, well, I'm glad that you said it, not <laughs> me. But the, um, the, she uh, wrote a book uh, called Her Fearful Symmetry, which was is very set in Highgate Cemetery. It's, it's beautiful, but it reminded me of 
my time with Peter after the band, because we used to, he used to live next to Kensal Green Cemetery in London, which is a giant Victorian cemetery, um, much like Highgate. And we used to walk around uh, that, that place because we didn't have jobs or any money. Uh, and we would walk around there and we'd talk about things and we'd talk about, you know, Doctor Who and, and all that kind of stuff. And it, it's so funny that, it, you know, these years later that Peter should be the Doctor. It, it, it's, it's such a surreal thing to have happened because I just lived my life. But when, you know, now you, you look back at it and you go, that's quite interesting. You know, the, you know, when I lived in the East Village in the early 80s, and all that stuff that was going on there, which was just stuff that was going on. But, you know, I met Andy Warhol and uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat in the 1980s outside a furniture store that was run by an English guy on Avenue B. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it, it's kind of weird that it's... Things get elevated? Yeah, it's it's an odd... It's a funny old game, life. It I is think. a funny... It, well, it is a weird thing because you it, you don't... You just perceive things as happening from your point of view and it doesn't really mean anything and oh it's not interesting at all and then something weird happens and something elevates and then it gets packaged and labeled and it's like oh that's a thing yeah sort of the sort of the commerce of it i guess and uh it is odd it can be annoying it can be annoying too i remember that was that was the the thing that i you know i had difficulty with in late night was when they would say you make you part of a gang like you know like you're all uh, a bunch of like, the late night guys, like you're One Direction or something. <laughs> um, and I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with that. I didn't join that. But you know, you, things get labeled, you know, and you get you get put into it. Well, because they need everything needs to be bite sized and digestible, and they have to put in the headline. Clickbait. Everything's clickbait. Life is clickbait. That's yeah. the secret of the universe. Is, yeah. I think it's somehow unfortunately clickbait. Everything's clickbait. Did um, uh, did did you feel like at a certain point? Did you did you really feel the craziness of it? I mean, can can someone can someone do a late night show for an extended period of time and not kind of lose their mind? I think people can. <laughs> I think people can. I I don't think I could. Um, I but I I lost my mind doing the show in a way which I think has worked out for me. There was a moment when I was doing it. When really I think there, honestly, it was a, it was like a, it was like a sudden change in altitude. It was the night uh, we did the show about South Africa, and the only guest that night was Desmond Tutu, and uh, who's uh, Anglican, not Catholic. Damn. Okay. Um, <laughs> very similar uh, rituals, though. Um, but um, he was on the show, and, and through uh, this long-ranging conversation, he said to me, I've talked about this before, but he said, you are crazy, he said. And I said, well, you've, I, that, you've talked to a lot of very, very crazy people. I, I'm kind of alarmed to hear you say that. He went, no, 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 because he's talked to some very bad, crazy people in his life. He said, no, 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 you are crazy in the way that we need. You must be crazier. Be as crazy as you want. And um, I thought, well, that's like, for me, that's like getting permission from God to be as crazy as you want. <laughs> uh, if there is a God, I feel that he would approve of uh, Desmond Tutu. <laughs> he would approve that anoint- of yeah, that anointing. Yeah, and, and so I think, okay, I'll take that as an endorsement. And, and, I, and I feel that there is some liberation of that. And there's absolutely no way I would have met Desmond Tutu without doing the late night show. I loved doing that show. I loved it, and I'm grateful that I did it. But I'm glad that I stopped doing it. What does what did the how did you 
manifest that of being crazier, like of going farther with it? I think ultimately, you know, no longer doing the show. I think that led to that. But I think, um, I think I stopped concerning myself about the the very understandable opinions of uh, everyone else involved in my performance. So, um, like, you should do more uh, material about contemporary events. I'd be like, meh. <laughs> no. no. I, I want to talk about ancient Egyptian libation rituals in reference to, you know, can communion. I, can I ask you a sincere question mm. about that? Were you resistant to it because you didn't want to? Or was there a control thing of like, yeah, don't fucking tell me what to do with my show? Well, I, I, I don't think it was really... It was my show in the sense that I did it. But I, I don't think I was ever... I hope I was never arrogant enough to think that it was... It belonged to me in a, in a, in a sense that... You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. The, when I said I was going, I, someone, well-meaning friend of mine said, oh, CBS are going to miss you. They're going to be sorry you go, which is a nice supportive thing to say. But I said, and I meant it, and I still do mean it, I said, CBS will miss me the way, like, if, if the Radisson hotel chain lost one of their piano players. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big a deal to them. They'll be able to, to, to fill the position. It's... And me as a piano player, I'll go on and find other pianos and they'll be fine too. And I really don't... But you have the heart of a... It seems like you, you know, like that punk rock musician that you were. I feel like I always thought like, well, that's your heart. You know, like you, you like to fucking rattle things and yes. break things up. And when things are, when things are just too smooth, you got to go, because it kind of drives you nuts a little bit. So, well, it's not, I think comedically, it's not very interesting. You know, once upon a time, nothing happened at the end. Well, there's, there's no fucking story there. Right. So I think that, you know, guy walks into a bar, no horse there, no barman, he orders a drink, sits down, nobody says anything. That's not a joke. So, you know, stuff has to occur. And if it doesn't occur in the material, then it's up for me. I usually make stuff a car you know if i'm if i'm in a, in a performance and, and nothing is occurring it is my job to make it occur i'm you know i something must happen so i think for me that's it the 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 and uh, that and being raised by passive aggressive scottish people so that you're, <laughs> you're always thinking that everybody disapproves of you all the time <laughs> or was it kind of the all right. All right. Okay. Oh, oh, trousers, is it? Oh, right. <laughs> oh, oh, haircut. <laughs> but before you said I, my hair was too long. Well, yeah, oh, yes. Well, uh-huh, that's okay. How you wanna... If that's how you're going to approach it. What did you? What? What? What went through your head the morning that you woke up after you were done with the show? I had terrible jet lag. I remember because that night. Uh, I did the last show, and I, as is my wont, I I got immediately in a car and went to the airport, and went to Scotland, and uh, when I was uh, when I was there, I just thought, well, um, that was that then, and it was very weird uh, for a little while. And I think I might have overreacted a bit. I went on this massive tour. Um, like, I toured like crazy. Because, excuse me, I thought, well, I'll never earn any more money, so I better, you know, 
go and tour and earn some money and do what I do. And and then that was just silly. Uh, it, 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 I got very tired of that towards the end of that as well. So how did it feel? It, a little weird, a little strange, not all good and not all bad. Mm-hmm. Um, changes is transitions are difficult i think uh, uh no matter what they are and and even if they are desired they're they're still difficult and i didn't i didn't and don't regret uh the you know not doing the show anymore but i uh i had an adjustment period which was a little uncomfortable for a few months i'd be lying if i said that much as it was going into the show it was uncomfortable for a few months the idea of doing it every night. I mean, you now are in that world. You do a show, you know, you do a lot of shows. And how many shows do you do in a year? Stand-up or television shows? Television shows. Well, there's probably 160 episodes of At Midnight. Right. This year, there'll probably be like 40 Talking Deads, and then I did another show, and then stand-up. You know, right, like so it's a lot of that's shows. That's kind of the same schedule I was on. I was doing 220 Late night shows a year and all the stand up that I could. Fridays, yeah, you got yeah. Fridays in there too. Right, yeah. And then, yeah, which is even harder to do stand up because you got Fridays. Right. So you got to get somewhere, you could do a Saturday show, come back Sunday, come back Well, I started double taping on Thursdays. Yeah. So that I could get out on Thursday night and do a show on Friday night. How's your, uh, what, what are you talking about now in your stand up? You know, the usual, you know, observations, difficult childhood, you know, uh, bodily <laughs> functions. The staple of the uh, of the vulgar lounge comedian, you know, uh, uh, you know, ancient Egyptian libation sure. rituals, uh, religion, hypocrisy. And um, and I got a hemorrhoid. So that's about 10. <laughs> what? Did well, you it's, it's gone now. But, uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're like the wind. They come and they go. <laughs> and that hemorrhoid's like, somewhere that hemorrhoid's doing a podcast like, you know, Craig Ferguson said yeah. he'd miss me, but now I'm like a piano player at the Radisson. <laughs> that's the accent your hemorrhoid would have. That's right. My hemorrhoid was, was from the 1930s, yeah. actually. Hey, hey Mac. Hey, hey. Say. I'm going to plug that asshole up real good, see? <laughs> it's dark in here. It hurt when you sit down, see? Huh? How about that? How about those ancient Egyptians, everybody? So what? So what? With join or die, what was the? What part of your uh, brain was is is that? Does that show satisfy? It's for me. The join or die show is about. The, it's a uh, as you say. It's a panel game. It's a, it's a panel show, not a panel game. It's a panel show. But I wanted to put together a discussion which was uh, genuinely Socratic in its. Uh, in its form, in that there was no real conclusion other than there was no real worth other than the discussion itself. So the the structure of uh, take six things, whittle them down to one. So what is the greatest you know shoe in history? Uh, you were, Chuck uh, the, Taylor, right? Okay. So <laughs> I said shoe. Oh, we're just calling it a shoe? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I think it's arguably a snip. Look, that's not one of them. Anyway, uh, um, <laughs> the, but that's what happens, is the, 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 the form, it's, it's not like you win a prize, like we're doing a show. What did we do when you were on? What was that show? It was the, um, cr- I think it was Craziest Medical Advice. Craziest Medical adv- Advice. Yeah, that's right. The, the, like the oh, idea. Advice. Right. Yeah. Leeches. So, leeches, bleeding, right. taking your teeth out to stop you feeling anxious, that's all right. that stuff that drilling a hole in your brain let the crazy yeah. well that was in there that was in it yeah um uh the but what happens is and you know this you start putting forward ideas 
that you don't necessarily believe, but they're they're amusing and stimulating to have in the conversation. And so, it, it I mean, it exists in what you're doing right now. It, it just it is about something other than the individuals involved. It's just a conversation, but it's a conversation about a moment in history or a thing. Or what it's not about is the new sitcom on the WB. Right. There's not even a WB anymore, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so I wanted to do that and structure the structure of taking six things and whittling them down to one just was useful televisually. It has no value other than that. And, you know, it, it was interesting to me that, you know, the way things went, like in the, in the, in the show we did about the greatest founding father, uh, which was very interesting because it became a discussion about not what we started off talking about, which it became a discussion about slavery. Because if you are going to say, as obviously the knee-jerk reaction is George Washington is the greatest founding father. Well, it was Jefferson, go, but he's a slave. No, 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 no. He owned slaves too. Yeah. So it has to be John Adams, surely, because, you know, John Adams did not own slaves, knew that it was morally wrong. So then you ask, is there ever a point in human history where it is morally correct to own slaves? The answer, of course, is no, it is fucking not morally correct to ever own a slave. Now, was that unknown at that time? If it was unknown at that time, how the fuck did John Adams know? about it. He knew it was morally abhorrent to own another human being and was very vocal about saying so. So the argument and the discussion became about the dark shadow, and I mean that in the, in the, you know, in the metaphorical sense, the dark shadow of slavery in the birth of the United States. Because then you say, well, no empire was ever built on uh, without slaves. And you go, but America was not an empire at the time of slavery. It was a collection of colonies and states, you know, and a country at war with itself over the morality and the, let's be honest, economics of slavery. So it became a discussion about something using the tools of clickbait. That's all. Yeah, you, it, it's, they're really great jumping off points for conversation right. because you're putting these – Otherwise, well, at least in, in our case with the with the um, the medical practices, the questionable medical practices throughout history, they're essentially you kind of set them on the table and they have no value until we start talking about them. Right, and then you really start the sort of the genius of the show is you really start getting to know people because you see their thought process and their deduction process right. and how they why they think something is superior to something else really says a lot about who they are. And, and, and see how much of human behavior is, 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 and human invention is trial and error. Like there was a point in the Middle Ages when rubbing dog shit in your eyes apparently cured blindness. Now, I can understand doing it once. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, you, George has gone blind. We well, what are we going to do? Yeah. I, I don't know. Try dog shit in his eyes. Yeah. You know, and you know the guy's like, well, uh, guys, I can't. I still can't see, and I uh, the smell is <laughs> awful. Um, and they was like, well, do it again. It, it worked for George, but and then again, it didn't work. But you notice that in Hollywood, they'll remake movies that didn't work the first time. Oh yeah. at least they made them before. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking crazy. Not only that, but how many times have, it's like. It's such an odd business, and especially like when you kind of look at the at the network side of stuff, where you go, "How does some executives just fail upwards? Like, how many oh, yeah, 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 yeah. times does some? You know, I mean, it is kind of crazy. But then at the same time, when I look at how many failures I had in my career, I am pleased that that part actually worked in my favor. Because if you were kind of looking at my track record, you'd go, 
Hey, there's a lot more that did not work than it, did it, work. Well, it's baseball. It's, uh, you know, how many do you have to hit to make the Hall of Fame? One in ten, right? I don't know. hundred? You have to hit three in ten. Usually. Okay. Three in ten? Three in ten. So, that, so, so 70% of what you do is garbage. Yep. And you have yeah. to be okay with and that. And you're a Hall of Famer. Uh-huh. Right. So, I mean, if you hit one in ten, you're just rich. <laughs> <laughs> And nobody knows who you are. Two and Maybe a half. Bad. Two and a half in ten, you're rich. All right. One in ten, you're you, bouncing you, you around. Play, you're you're right, bouncing you're, around. You're, you're not in, doing well. Okay. All right. Well, if you got a hundred. You know where I'm going with this. What I'm saying is, there's more failure than not. <laughs> well, I think. Uh, I, I I I hope. Uh, I hope in general you feel okay. I hope I do. You, I hope I you do. feel okay. I mean, and I don't just mean like. Like, that you feel marginally good by okay. I just mean, okay. Like, I feel like we kind of strive for this. I want my default setting to be okay. Where things can happen and I don't blow it out of proportion. Or I don't make it something to beat myself up or tear something down. Like, I just want to feel okay with stuff. I think, that, I think that the key for me, and I think whenever... You know, we talked earlier on about, you know, when people are having difficulty with uh, addictive problems, which we are behaviors, which we have both experienced in our own lives. How do you help out? And whenever I'm trying to help somebody that has difficulty and anyone who's listening to this who's having difficulty or is in the early days or even further on in, in a struggle with sobriety, I would say try and treat yourself like you're a friend of yours that you like. Yes. So, like, if a friend of yours comes to you and says, I'm having a terrible time in this relationship, what would you do? Take him out for a meal, maybe listen to his bullshit for a while, you know, say, come on, you're a great guy. She's just being horrible right now. Or, you know, he's being horrible or they're being horrible or whatever you're in. A if you're in a plural relationship yeah, with several. Yeah. I mean, what I what I think is if you if you try, if one tries to practice self-acceptance, Treat yourself like you're somebody you like and live in the present. The, I do believe that it's not easy to do, but I do believe that the key, the, really the meaning of life is to live each moment as it arrives. And if you can do that, then, you know, you win whatever can be won. Yeah. I, 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 I try to remind myself sometimes, I know I've said this on the podcast before, but uh, uh, learn from the past, plan for the future, live in the present. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, uh, and then the Kratz brothers always say, see you on the creature trail. And I like that too. Oh, <laughs> I've got young children. It's so adorable. <laughs> See you on the creature trail. Yes, crap brothers. Yes. Oh my god, these guys are fucking onto something. Yeah. See you on the creature trail. Yes. I'm gonna really take that to heart. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever works. Yeah. But Frank Sinatra said that great thing, didn't he? When he said, "I'm in favor of anything that gets you through the night, if it's a bottle of Jack Daniels or a Bible, ever." <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You know, um, whatever you need. Are you going to be? Are you touring at the moment? No, no. I've got a couple of dates in California just to make sure that my hole doesn't close. And, uh, <laughs> Your comedy hole? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want the comedy hole to close up no, too much. No, no, you do not. Because you really feel it. Well, then when you try to open it up again, you know, it's it, very it gets messy. <laughs> Well, I hope to see your comedy hole open again soon. Oh, and, it's and also, um, 
Uh, yeah, so some other bits of business, uh, wedding invite coming your way. Oh, I was going to ask about that, and I thought, is that gauche? Because I do want to see you dressed up and shaven. <laughs> I don't uh, know if I'll totally shave. Oh, no, dude, you really? have to yeah, shave. I'm too pasty. No. I don't have a good... Get the... You gotta shave. I shave. You have to shave. I shave for my wedding. Yeah, you know, you have... And I mean shave your entire body. My body, down I'm to talking like, eyebrows. Dolphin smooth. Pubic hair. Yeah. Ass hair. I'm gonna get a you, full wax. Yeah, everything. I'm gonna get a face wax. You should wax look like a, a giant baby. I should look, I sh- big day. I sh- I look, I should like, look like a wetsuit. Uh, in a bow tie, a young, a young dolphin, just a, a, an adorable, yep. just like they, I was just dragged out of the sea. I think it'd be lovely. Do you take this woman? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it. It's gonna be good though. The ceremony's gonna be good. Lydia's super cool about it. She's like, is it sh- gonna be somewhere really cool? Um, yeah, we're doing it locally. I mean, right. it's just going to be at a... Disney. We're not, I wish oh, we could. They're getting married in Space Mountain. Nah, we're, we're just getting married at a nice You're just being getting married place. properly like humans. It's like not human like, beings, yeah. yeah right, but, you know, it's not like a Doctor Who themed wedding or anything like that. Oh, Just man. hang on a second, <laughs> oh, now, Craig. Look, now, look. Craig, I want to tell you, you something. I want to tell you something. Hang just, on. Look, I, far be it from me to give you any uh, oh, okay. m- marital advice, but... Oh. Wasn't my idea, by the way. All right. Well, let me just Wait, say this. what? You know the movie Chariots of Fire? I'm aware of it. All right. You know that's a great movie? Great movie. But that soundtrack... Vangelis. Yeah. When you listen to it now, you're like, why is someone playing a fucking guitar over this (laughs) great movie? Had they put on a traditional soundtrack with a score, that movie would... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if they had the... But if that... Even the same music, but just played or orchestral score a classic look it is sound it would have stood the test of time all I'm saying is this if you really want to be mocked by your children <laughs> you get yourself arriving in a fucking TARDIS you know my <laughs> wife wouldn't even let me wear a white dinner jacket at the reception to, for James Bond first of all first yeah, of I, all I, your wife is right thank you for the wedding march idea that you've given me which is a it's a fire theme alright okay but the other thing is that um, no it's not going to be super Doctor Who themed. Lydia just said, I found this really awesome, and this was totally her idea. So I found this really awesome cake. The front of the wedding cake's a regular wedding cake. The back is basically all these Marvel heroes stacked right. on top of one another. She was like, we should do the same thing with the TARDIS. So the front of the cake will look like a traditional cake, and then the back is just the just the front of the, the TARDIS. And who am I to deny well, my you, future you wife? Know, well, you know what? You're marrying the right woman, clearly. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. She I, also I, wants to have zombie bartenders. Well, so, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I, I don't think there's anything. There's, uh, listen, I've been married before, more than once, uh, and we always had zombie bars. Zombie right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, very short ceremony. She, you know, we were going to do. She wants to do really short ceremony. Like, yeah. are, you, are you are you religious at all? Is it I'm not. Right. She's not really either, and so it's, there's not going to be a religious no ceremony. Clergyman or anything. I don't think there's going to be any clergyman. I, I know, you know, if it were up to my mom, I would have a big Catholic wedding. Your and mom is worryingly attractive, by the way. Was that difficult? Growing up, I I, 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 I think that that, 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 that must have been. I mean, I, I never. I never popped a what? boner to my mom. No, I, 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 no, no I one I asked you that. No, 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 no. You misunderstand. You misunderstand. <laughs> no one asked you that. <laughs> that's that's not that? what I meant. <laughs> oh man, that's not what I meant. But that's we're on the subject. 
no, I, me- I meant, you know, you, you know, if you're the kid with the whole mom and the other kids, or you know, I- you know, I don't, I don't know. I just never, I never, uh, I don't know. You weren't aware then. You weren't aware. You know, I, when I when I think about both of my parents, I think they were both attractive people. Like my dad yeah. had this very kind of tall yeah, Elvis. Yeah, seen photographs of your dad. This, you know, he kind of had this Elvisy vibe. Very interesting character. You know, yeah. and so you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean. Uh, my mom is single. If there's a fella out there, I'd be all in support of. Uh... Well, would you though? Of course I would. Would you? Yeah. I mean, what what criteria would you have for a, a stepfather at this point? Can I, my sincere? I could give you joke answers. My sincerest answer is just someone my mom likes. Well, I think that's good because you my mom have evolved an evolved relationship with your mother. That's we're great. very we're very close. We're very. I would say my mom is one of my best friends. Right. Okay, and, that's getting a bit too much. No, 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 right, no, no, right. no. But I mean, someone that I can call, and right. I don't feel I don't I fear no judgment, and I can talk to her about anything, and I trust her opinion. Wow, that's great. Um, I didn't always because I was younger, and I thought I knew everything. Well, but, that would be weird if you did. But I, but I, I feel my mom to be very wise and very caring, and uh, and also. I respect the hell out of her because she just doesn't. She's a very sweet little Italian lady. But she does not take shit from people. And that does not mean that she puts a finger in someone's chest and like, no, fuck you. She just, if someone's being unreasonable, she just kind of laughs and walks away. Like, she just doesn't need anything from anyone. And I find that to be incredibly admirable. That is good. So, uh, yeah. Does your fiancé get on with your mom? They love each other. Do they really? They love each other. And my mom, you know, and they, they, yeah, my mom was the first person that was like, She's she's a really solid human being, and you should really give this a shot. And I was like, I know I feel that way, but she just she's so calm. I feel like there's a shoe that's so gonna drop. I, I must have been the second person then. To say that to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's the interesting thing. I mean, you know, right now the love's bloom is on. It's all good, but I guess you have to think about what's going to be like. You know, when you have kids and you're up all night. I mean, I do. I listen. Don't think I don't stress about that stuff. But I also exactly like what you said. I want to live in the present. Yeah. Well, there is that. I mean, Very first good of all, for you, Craig. They're hearse. They're gonna have a night nurse. All right. She's not getting Let's up not, to feed that baby. Man, hey, 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 hey. Listen. They're gonna have. I let me let me just tell you this. <laughs> that, let me tell you this right now. Having gone through, you know, two young children, you know, raising them, that um, anyone that does it without help uh, is to be admired uh, greatly. Raising kids is un like I'm I'm telling you, if you looked at it, raising kids without help would really be against the Geneva Convention because <laughs> it, the the sleep deprivation alone is unbelievable. It is unbelievable what it does to your mind. If you can have someone that you can say, "Hey, will you take someone you trust to take your baby for four or five hours while you just get some sleep?" It's I'm telling you, my words will come back. Like Chris Rock's words <laughs> came back to me. Like when you're up in the middle of the night, it'll be my voice in the montage going, get some help. Get some help. Get yourself somebody to look after the baby. And at that point, I will appear dressed as Mary Poppins, <laughs> arriving, arriving by umbrella. Oh, let me help you out there with the magical wee oh. Greg, your beard and the dress are weird. No, it's not. That's judgmental. We don't do that anymore. Uh, the, the beard and the dress the beard and the dress are totally acceptable and no. not to be in any way mocked the beard in that particular dress no okay they don't 
That's what I meant. Yes, yes. You can box up for the choice of dress, but not wearing a dress. That's exactly right. The Mary Poppins dress is what I'm talking about. All right. So in short, join or die, February 18th, History Channel. What time? Um, 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock right. on the History Channel. Eastern, I, Eastern time. Eastern time. And now when I say Eastern, I mean Far Eastern. Far, it's 11 yeah. o'clock in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Craig Ferguson telling everyone that it's airing in Hong Kong? It's 11 a.m. Eastern. Why you don't do that. People will think it's on in Hong Kong at 11 o'clock. Well, maybe it should be. Craig's a comedian. What's that? <laughs> oh, it's a guy. Sometimes, was it David Cross said something fantastic in a, in a stand-up special I saw once, or some piece of stand-up I saw him do where he said something and somebody kind of heckled him, saying, that's not true. And he said, I'm a comedian, and sometimes I say things that are not true for the purposes of humour. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> I thought, I, I, Lou, by the way, have you watched uh, Better Call Saul? Oh, yes, of course oh I have. Oh, my God, how great is that It's show? fucking fantastic. Yeah, uh, uh, Odenkirk is like... Off the charts. We're going to do a little after show for it for the premiere, for the premiere and the finale. I think I I think uh, Michael McKean and and Bob Odenkirk, my God, stunning together, unbelievable. Vince Gilligan has this incredible way of identifying people with the comic who are kind of comic in nature and going. That's gonna you're gonna you have the skill set to do this. Yeah, I I think that that that's. Uh, I mean, because he did the same with Brian Cranston. That's right. Malcolm yeah. in the Middle to Breaking Bad. Well, there were a lot of people on Breaking Bad who were right. comedy people right, that right, right. you know, the, like Lavelle Crawford and Bill Burr, and you know, people like that. And that, and and I think the thing about that is that that's smart because any comedian that I know that I like, uh, whether professionally or personally, and probably it's usually the same thing because it's hard to, you know, it's hard to like someone if you don't like them professionally, right. uh, and. Um, they all possess a darkness and a desperation. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. All, all of them. Because comedy is a defense mechanism right. from dealing with all the fucking bullshit that right. you put yourself through. Absolutely. So don't put yourself through bullshit unless you're a comedian and you feel like it serves your comedic purposes <laughs> and by all means. That, but most importantly, I never got a boner to my hot mom. Yeah, no right. one asked. But I'm just saying. <laughs> Freeze frame. Enjoy a burrito. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.